801 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. This is the song to get your week going. No? Nothing? Nobody? I like Anybody? it. This is Woodley's theme song. There's just no lyrics to it. Not yet. Not yet. Is that something you're going to work on for the start of the new hockey season? Eh, maybe. <laughs> Don't sound so enthused, Andy. Woodley's <laughs> uh, not, uh, well, not that good. Sorry, I was... Um, Actually, on a serious note, I wanted to find out what was happening in Kelowna uh, with the fires. I've been thinking about everyone affected by the fires in this province. Um, man, it's been it's been hard to watch um, what's been happening up in places like Kelowna. Of course, we're still crossing our fingers for cities like Yellowknife, um, all affected by the wildfires in Canada. Um, and I just went on to uh, Twitter. And I'm, I mean X, right? And uh, no, I'll call it Twitter. That happened Twitter. when I was away. Yeah, um, and you know they've got like the trending topics or what's happening, and obviously one of the top ones for me is um, is Kelowna. So I just instead of you know like going to the news, I just you know clicked on Kelowna, mm-hmm. and fortunately the first account that popped up was uh, Theo Flurries. So Twitter's working great. Uh, it's directing us to all the most reliable sources to find out very important information about um, our province and things are going on. Theo Fleury uh, definitely is all over this. Well, mine just is so you know. Well, just to yeah. a similar anecdote, mine is mm-hmm. directing me to Travis Tritt's account. Oh, good. I don't know why. Just, is that because someone said I looked like him once? Once. Yeah, good. Once. Yeah, it's all working well. Yeah. I was. I guess there's some. Uh, well, there's a big storm down in uh, California. I don't know all the details because I tried to try to learn some stuff on 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 X yeah. yesterday, and um, I don't know what's reliable anymore on it. Like I t- I clicked on Palm Springs and I saw a bunch of flood stuff, but I'm like, who is this coming from? I don't know who is giving me this information because. The check marks are like the Sneetches now. Mm, Do you remember yeah. that Dr. Seuss oh, yeah. books? Yeah, the, sne- the Sneetches, right? You're like, all right, well, it doesn't matter if this guy has a blue check mark. Like, he just bought doesn't, it. Doesn't like, mean anything. What right. does it mean? Like, but anyway, uh, Theo Fleury's got uh, the situation in Kelowna under control. He's blaming he's on some, Trudeau, I assume. He's got some very interesting ideas about what's happening up there. Well, I I've bet. Got, I've managed to parse Twitter down to where it's mostly just fight videos. I don't know. Okay. Why. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, bar, like bar fights or yeah. like Waffle House fights. Yeah. A lot of yeah. Karens freaking out on like oh, nice. fast food employees. Yeah, I yeah. get a lot of those videos. Yeah. yeah. So it's nice. It's a nice refreshing getaway. <laughs> it's got you down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Kevin's been waiting patiently on hold your butt. You got to wait some more, Kev. Before we get to, I need to tell you that Halford and Bruff in the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. To the phone lines we go, NHL.com, In Goal Magazine, Kevin Woodley here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Kev? How are you? I'm good. I was actually supposed to be in or, I guess, headed up to Kelowna today. I um, was there a couple of weeks ago, but obviously uh, there's a BioSteel camp. not sure if it's still going on, but obviously we're not going with everything else that's happening up there so instead flying to montreal a couple of days early uh this afternoon for some work so yeah um spent a lot of time obviously up there with um 
some of the NHL goalies and NHL goalie camps. Uh, one of the trainers, Adam Francilia, uh, up in Lake Country, thinking of him because I, I know at one point it looked like he was going to have to be evacuated. A number of people that we work with up there had to be evacuated already. So, you know, like everyone, just hoping that uh, as bad as this is, it, it – um, you know, you just think of everyone that's affected by it. You don't really even know what to say, but uh, it's, it's it's tough, man. It's tough. So tell us about your chat with uh, Michael Samuelson. Um, remind us what his role is and what you guys spoke about for an article on NHL.com. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, mostly about uh, Jonathan LeCaramacchi. Um, and obviously we, we run prospect profiles on NHL.com through – throughout August, um, and I guess a little bit in July too, just based on uh, development camp. And so had a good chat with him about you know, some of the expectations that LeCaramacchi dealt with, some of the struggles that he dealt with last year for, for that piece that ran on the weekend, which I, I, is why you guys called me for a change not about goaltenders. And, you know, Samuelson was blunt. He's, he's in player development, has been since last May for the Vancouver Canucks, and you know, anybody that, if you remember him from his playing days here, certainly as a journalist, um, blunt, right? Like that was one of his one of his strengths. He didn't sugarcoat it. And he was the same when it came to LeCaramacchi. Um Both on the positive and the negative side. Like there, I think there was a quote I used in the story about it could take two years, it could take five years. And I'm sure there's a lot of Canucks fans that hear uh, it could take five years and probably freak out a little bit about a, a, a guy that was drafted 15th overall just last summer and you know has subsequently been passed by Willender and um, you know and, and Aturatu. So that said, when you talk to Samuelson, he, like he's not worried about it. Like he still sees a lot of upside in the kid and a lot of positives. It's just hey, not everybody's path is going to be as quick as maybe some of us might like for a guy that was selected that high and. You know, we talked about a lot of the different factors, and injuries was certainly one of them. Um, but there was some maturity and some maturing that needed to happen. Um, you know, he used the word work ethic as something that was that needed to improve for Jonathan last season. Uh, things maybe sometimes when you're a skilled player that has a lot of early success can feel like they're coming too easy. The good news is, um, after you know, pretty tough, pretty you know, frankly disappointing draft plus one season, he finished strong. Uh, and, yeah, it's just the Alvanskin, but, you know, 15 points in 15 playoff games for Jurgarden. Um, and, and more importantly, after a long chat with Samuelson about resetting expectations, about not worrying, because he said that, like, Karamaki, like, he was worried about, like, hey, am I going to be in the NHL next year? Am I supposed to be in the NHL next year? And all those external forces that come with the expectations and hype of a high pick sort of, weight on him and and it sounded like Samson did a good job of sort of getting him to refocus on being in the moment and doing some of the things um that he's going to have to do as a pro uh to to succeed cuz you know he's he's a kid with a great shot and and a lot of skill but you need more than that to to even stick let alone succeed in the National Hockey League and it sounds like there were some lessons that needed to be learned about uh about some of those other parts of the game. So what's the goal for Lakaramaki next season? Play better? Like like I think you could <laughs> yeah, no honestly like you oh, could, so, I know. You know. But I mean like like this is the other thing about him that I think we forget. Frankly, I forgot it, right? Um he was 18 at development camp. This year, yeah. Still, he didn't turn 19 until July 24th, right? So he's still, he's still a pretty young kid, 
And he's gone through a lot over the past year. In addition to the expectations, you talk about the mono, the foot injury, concussions. Like it was a it was a bad year, both performance and in terms of all the things that happened to him. Um, so setting like like setting for me to go here, he's got to score this many goals and have this many points would kind of be ignorant to the conversation I had with Samuelson yeah. because that's the problem: is the expectations of setting goals like that. He needs to get better as a player. He needs to get stronger as a player. He's probably going to have to earn his way up the depth chart in the SHL now that he's playing for a Rebro. Um, and and Johan Hedberg is his head coach. It was here at development camp. Like the, to, so to say, like oh my, like he needs to emerge as a you know elite scorer in the Swedish Hockey League this season. Um, you know, again, would would kind of betray the honesty that Samuelson shared in that conversation. Uh, the bluntness I talked about earlier, coupled with the fact that, like, like everything was couched with the fact that, like, that's okay. It's okay if he didn't have the success this year because he learned from it. And the Karamaki is soft-spoken, and as little as he says, you got that impression in the few words he did, you know, muster in the conversations that, yeah, like, there was a bit of an, a, a learning experience here, and he looks faster, and he looks stronger this year. And, you know, watching the... Watching the, the scrimmage, you know, there were times, yeah, he looked a little one-dimensional, too, in terms of how he attacked off the rush and some of the moves he kept trying to make and, and unsuccessfully. But but make most, no mistake, like, the shot is elite. Uh, there's a lot of skill there, and there's still a package there that could, could evolve into something. I just think we're doing a disservice to everything they're trying to accomplish. If, if I get on the air here and say, like, it is an utter failure if this kid doesn't score 20 goals in the SHL, <laughs> where, frankly, because of his age, he's probably going to start well down the depth chart. Well, I, I do think, you know, I understand what you're saying, but I do think that when we watch the World Juniors next year, you know, Lecker and Mackey, I'm going to say it like he needs to be a top player for Sweden. This is the third time at the World Juniors. Yeah, and and one goal in in 14 games over the previous two opportunities. Mm-hmm. As odd as those opportunities were because of the pandemic and the timing and things like that. Absolutely. To be honest, Jason, when you talked about expectations, I was thinking SHL, yeah. and I forgot all about the fact he like again, the age that he actually gets another shot um in his draft plus 2 season mm-hmm. to play at World Juniors. Um, did you talk to Samuelson at all about uh, Tom Willander? Not really. That conversation was more with Mike Komisarek. Uh, you know, just seemed to be more of a natural fit, in part because Komisarek's going to be spending a lot of time watching both Willander and, um, uh, sorry, uh, um, <laughs> Hunter, uh, is that? Is no, that, the, the, the local kid. I'm totally with Oh, Celebrini, Celebrini at BU. Right, right. At Boston yeah, yeah. University. Yep. So yep. it's early in the morning, guys. I've been up since 3 a.m. I've got to get ready for this flight. Um, but he's going to be spending a lot of time. Obviously, he's based in Connecticut. He's going to be spending a lot of time watching them. And obviously, because of his you know, career as a defenseman, I spoke mostly uh, to him about, about Will Ender. And there's, you know, there's a lot of excitement there about the upside that remains in part because he's only been a defenseman for a couple of years, which kind of blows Thomas Herrick away in terms of where he's at in his games, in the maturity of his reads defensively, and where they hope he can get to offensively and transitioning the puck. Um, you know, sometimes we, we, it's funny, we talk to goalies all the time who maybe didn't play goal early on, late bloomers, 
who credit in some ways the fact they played other positions growing up longer than other goalies for some of their reads and the way they can sort of anticipate the game. Braden Holtby comes to mind as one of the sort of strongest examples of that. We still hear it from uh, a fair amount of goalies who who don't start as early as, you know, seven, eight, nine years old, uh, how important those years are. And for Willander sort of had to have been a forward up until a couple of years ago, like – like he sees the game through their eyes, right? He knows what a suicide pass is and not to throw it. Like he knows where they has a better understanding maybe of where they want pucks and things like that. And so the hope is there's more upside there. They love the maturity. They made the decision to come over to Boston University where, again, rather than being a young kid in the SHL, as much as that's a, a league of professionals and men, the reality is you're not getting much of a role out of the gate. And at Boston University, he saw a chance to – play a significant role to become a go-to guy and play big minutes against still high-level competition um, and to transition and get get used to a North American rank sooner. So there's a lot to like there. We saw it in the interviews. There's the maturity, the confidence, the way he carries himself. Um, Commissaire talked a lot about how he was always looking for feedback. Like as a development guy, if you're constantly chasing them to give them tidbits, that's not going to work. And how... Uh, both Celebrini and Villander were really eager to sort of not just take on new concepts and put them onto the ice the next practice after they were introduced in talks and in video beforehand, but then to come looking for more. So, I mean, those are all sort of intangible elements, uh, but when you see the the skill, the skating, um, you know, and, and the willingness to play uh, a bit of a physical role for his age, um, there's a lot of upside obviously there as well. We're speaking to Kevin Woodley from NHL.com and Ingle Magazine here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, we talked about the player development guys that the Canucks have brought in at the top to teach and develop and all that kind of stuff. And like We, we know Chris Higgins. Uh, we actually did a show with him one time, Bruff and I. We did a trade deadline show with him. Uh, we know Mikhail Samuelson, of course, because he played here and we remember him as a player and a lot of media and you know his personality and everything. Uh, what's Komisarek like? Because he came from sort of outside the organization to a certain degree. Uh, I knew him as a player, but in terms of personality, the way that he approaches the job, obviously you've had a chance to speak with him. What's Mike Komisarek like? Um, that's a good question. I'm trying to think of how to categorize it. Um... Like, he just seems really easygoing uh, and relaxed, and he talked a lot about the importance of building relationships. Like, that's to him what development camp was about. As much as you're trying to introduce new concepts and trying to get them started on the right foot in terms of, you know, we hear this, I heard this, you know, again, a lot of the conversation around the Karamaki was learning to be a pro. And it, it's a bit of a cliche. We hear it all the time. And yet it's a process. Like, until you get there, there are certain habits that you will get away with at a younger age at lower levels that you just won't as a pro. And sometimes it takes guys longer to grasp that. Um, but, but the ability to sort of feed them that information and get them started on that path is about building relationships. And, and that seemed to be a primary focus for Commissarek. Like, um, I will say that he's clearly a smart guy because he told me that uh, in recent years, I think in the past year, he started to become a goaltender in – like beer league level. So clearly there's a high IQ there um, and, and a willingness to try new things. He just, he did, like honestly, guys, he was just, jokes aside, he was just really easy to talk to. And if that's because relationships are so important to that development process, if that's what he brings to those young players as well and makes them feel as relaxed as we were talking to him a couple different times over development camp, 
um, then, then that's a win. And then obviously you also have all the experience that he brings. And he really seems like, like again, jokes aside about playing goal, um, you know, a guy who isn't just there to be like, I played 11 years in the NHL, listen to me. Um, he seems to really be keen to learn new things in terms of where the game is going and the tools that these young players now have at their disposal that he marveled he would have liked when he was coming into the league and, and sort of making sure he's staying on top of those things, whether it's skating or skills work or all those different elements. It's not just that I played in the league, so I'm, I, you know, because of that, I was a high draft pick. I can speak to all these other high draft picks. There's, there's, there's a work ethic that comes with these jobs, and it seemed pretty clear in talking to him that he's embraced that as well. All right, Kev, we need some goalie gossip out of you. Uh, I saw Thatcher Demko working out at UBC uh, a couple times a few weeks ago. Any idea what he's focusing on this off season? Uh, well, it's funny you sent me that picture, and uh, I mean that was not an Ian Clark workout. That was an Adam Francilia workout, and I've I've kind of talked about this a little bit um, over the past year. Like, you know, one of the things like there's there's two sides to this. There's the concern that this organization goes into the season, and, and it's fair because there's a risk associated with it. With Demko having not made it through either of the past two years healthy, obviously the, the knee injury that ended his season two years ago and then the groin injury that cost him almost three months last year, and I believe they were related, um, coupled with the fact that there's not a lot of experience behind him in the backup position, whether it's Silovs with five games and all the promise or Spencer Martin with, you know, I think 36 career NHL starts, and obviously things didn't go as well last year as they did in a smaller window the year before. So that concern is legitimate. They're taking a risk by not having an extra body. I'd be curious if they add one off waivers depending on how preseason goes. The other side, though, is knowing that he's done that work with Adam Francilia, who I mentioned earlier when we were talking about Kelowna, uh, was the trainer that, that is part of the Net360 camp we're up at every summer, uh, a guy who has worked with Connor Hellebuck, Devin Dubnik. Um, like I think he currently has more than a dozen NHL clients. And the work that Thatcher started to do with him when and well he was injured, well he was out for those almost three months. Like he didn't rest on his laurels. That's one of the things I've always loved about Thatcher. He's always looking for ways to get better. Um, and he found something that you know, in talking to him after he came back, like he just felt better about his body. Not just, not just in terms of how he, you know, the injury and recovering from it, but better than he felt prior to the injury. Um, about how his body felt, about how his body moves, some of the mechanics of movement. Um, and how to trigger them and initiate them in a way that puts less stress and pulls the body apart less than maybe he was doing in the past. And so um, when you have that training, I think, again, I'm not dismissing the risk of not having more on the depth chart behind him, but I think it is mitigated somewhat by the fact that, again, he's embraced this work. You saw him on the ice working with Adam. Uh, Probably there was probably like a little – like it's like a tool. What does he call it? He calls it his box of toys that he comes out with. Like there's, um, it, it's like a little wagon. It's a wagon. It's literally <laughs> a wagon you would take to the yeah. beach with your kids' sand toys in it, and it's full of like bungees and medicine mm-hmm. balls and all different kinds of tools. That there they was some medicine ball ice. stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I mean, the the whole idea here is to 
move your body in one piece as a goaltender. If we start to create counter-rotation where the backside is left behind, or, or in a lot of cases, the way guys move, they'll actually flail the backside, like having, having the upper body moving one way to generate momentum to push the other way. And we're essentially pulling ourselves apart when we do that. And there's been an increased focus in recent years on eliminating that or at least reducing it, uh, in part because it should make you more efficient, but it also in part because it should put less stress on the body. And so whether it's the bungee cords wrapped around a part of your leg or around your waist as you do crease movement and Adam's holding on to one side, and I just, like I said, just two weeks ago, I've got hours of footage of him doing that with a handful of goalies, including Canucks prospect Ty Young up in Kelowna. Um, or whether it's holding the medicine balls to make sure you're activating that core and initiating obliques in a way you know, on the side you're moving to, not allowing you know, from the middle out the body to pull into different directions. Uh, it's all designed to sort of not only improve your efficiency in the crease, but help you last longer in a position that is increasingly breaking down goalies um, you know, and, and requiring them to have more procedures and play less games and all those things. And so it's a good sign. It doesn't mean there's not still injury risk. It's part of the position. But I think it's a good sign that, that not only has he embraced this, um, but he seems really to feel good about the work he's doing. And I think that bodes well for, for this season for him. I'm going to make my golf comparison now. It sounds like the advice in golf to stay connected. Connected is a word. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah that, that's a that's a good description. Um, haven't seen your golf swing. No, it would never apply it is not to connected. my golf swing. It is not connected. Yeah. Hey, listen, as somebody who looks like Jim Furyk had a baby with Matthew Wolf when he swings, <laughs> trust me, there's nothing connected about my swing either, buddy. But it's a good. It's still something that's good to strive for, and I think you know. Hopefully, you'll see the benefits for Thatcher this year. Um, like I said, just in terms of being able to stay healthy and, and feel good about how he he feels physically throughout a season. Kev, this was great. Thanks for taking the time to do it. Uh, travel safe. Enjoy Montreal. We'll do this again soon. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. Thank you. That's Kevin Woodley from NHL.com and In Goal Magazine here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Lou Holtz had – do you remember Lou Holtz? Uh, former University mm-hmm. of Notre Dame football yeah. coach. Yeah. Uh, he once said of Charles Barkley's golf swing that it looks like a deer getting out of a car. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> Maybe he's in the back seat Luke, trying to get out. Definitely a back seat. And it's like a it's like a two door. He has to move the seat up before he gets out. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. That's very descriptive. I like it. Yeah, I like that's awesome. I like the image. Right? Yeah, like you great. can you can see Barkley's golf swing in there. Like that looks like a deer getting out of a car. Yeah, there's like a lot of flailing going on yeah. and like some false starts. A bit of panic. And eventually, the deer does get out of the car, but the car is kind of destroyed. Yeah, glass breaking somehow. Um, get your what we learns into the Dunbar Lumber text line. We've got a few in. We need some more. Come on. Halford's back. I'm back, baby. And now he's going to be back to not flagging what we learned. Haven't flagged a single one. In the Dunbar yeah, Lumber was, text line. It was gold last oh, week. Ruff was like, oh, man. It's a, it's a little work now. Jamie Dodd actually has them prepared. There's no awkward silences where I have to go and you know find another what we learned because Halford is like, oh, I lost it in the inbox. Dodd was just on point. He was, he was excellent. So textures that. Constant uh, professional. Yeah, just, a, just a pro. Again, every uh, time. So text into the Dunbar Lumber text line 650-650. Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street. Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Butus in Vancouver. Online at Dunbar lumber.com uh you got to announce your winner too coming up oh yeah yeah, yeah. we got the lions lions sweet the 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 sweet sweet contest yep gotta Um, be a better way to say that there isn't uh and laddie's got or not laddie a dog's got a what we learned about Connor mcdavid 
He'll read that on the other side of the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. The People's Show, where you're part of the show. Download the podcast and stay up to date on Vancouver sports all summer long. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. On the show. 8.31 on a Monday. Did you miss that while you were gone? I forgot we did this. This was this earworm was created very close to me going on vacation. I'm not gonna lie, that last week before vacation, I wouldn't call it checked out. I wrote it in <laughs> I wrote it in celebration of the fact that you were leaving. <laughs> you were so checked out, man. I don't want to say I was checked in. Let's put yeah. it that way. Mm-hmm. You've been on vacation for five weeks. Feels like it. Yeah. Um, let's do some what we learns here. Yeah, let me take care of business first. Okay. We'll do that. Uh, Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Uh, we are in hour three of the program. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Okay, we're going to start with A-Dog, and I teased his what we learned, and all I said, it involves Connor McDavid. Yeah. What did <laughs> what did Connor McDavid do? Well, it's it's uh, it's it's short, but it, the reason I liked it is because the headline from Yahoo Sports made me laugh. It was mm-hmm. laugh. It was a uh, Connor McDavid shows up to beer league hockey game. Team loses in a blowout. Oh, <laughs> and uh, what it was is it Mike in- Smith was in goal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they must have been in the playoffs. <laughs> Close to his home in Newmarket, Ontario, over the weekend, Connor McDavid played in a beer league game. And uh, his team lost nine to four. McDavid did not make a difference, uh, like you thought he might. And uh, yeah, it was pretty much a blowout, and he lost, and it made me laugh. So I'm sure you've done all the research on this. Yes. Why did Connor McDavid play in this game? Uh, he was just showing up to have some fun with friends. <laughs> Are you lying to me right now? <laughs> yes. Do you have any idea? <laughs> I'm you don't know, do you? I'm scrolling down the article. Uh, you're, you're learning it right now. Right? On the yeah. fly. Why would he play in this game? And wasn't there another? Wasn't there another NHLer involved in this? <clears throat> uh, just keep reading. Yeah, Mike Smith. Uh, I just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. give up nine. I think it was Quinton Byfield, wasn't it? Oh yeah, you're right. It was. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> See so the thing about a dog that I love. Right. That, that I love is he always does the additional research on his what we learned, and half the time it's like, oh, actually that's fake. You know what? Though? Someone to, made that up. To his credit. Normally, you'd just be like, I don't know, followed by a long, awkward pause. But yeah. this time, you came up with a creative story. I mean, you're have, kind of learning from well, Halford. Have, you're, learning, you're learning how to lie and have, to stall. They have footage of McDavid playing it at this tournament or a game. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he's not really trying out there. He's just floating. He's not really giving it his all, which is nice of him. Because if he actually was trying, it probably wouldn't be very fun for everyone Can you imagine else. if he got hurt? <laughs> Yeah, for the some guy just takes out his knee and not even intentionally is like, I'm not very good at hockey. I'm sorry. You'd always be known as that guy. Imagine he was also from Edmonton. Did, did I ever tell you the story about when I put the full cage on in beer league? I went from my half visor to the full cage was when I high sticked someone out there and cut them pretty badly. He was wearing a half visor and I went to myself. There are guys like me playing in this league. I need to protect I should me put on a full cage. From me. So it wasn't me getting hurt. It was me hurting someone. Like, there's idiots like me in this league. 
I need to put on a full cage. It's very big of you as a person. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not it's not for me. It's because of me. That's why you buy the high right. safety ranked car as well, because it's not for everyone else. That's true. It's me I gotta worry about. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Give us a moo cow on that. Thank you for all the great research on that story. I'm, I'm happy just, to be I, here. I actually did. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. By the way, if you want more of these hilarious hijinks with Andy and Greg and me and Bruff, uh, you had a chance. Over the past week, we were running a contest here, Sportsnet 650, where you could hang out with the show, the Halbro Show, Halford, Bruff, A-Dog, and Laddie, but not just hang out anywhere, at a BC Lions game. That's right. We were giving away a suite to this Saturday's BC Lions game against Greg's favorite squadron, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, and we have announced the winner. It is Jeff from Burnaby. Congratulations, Jeff from Burnaby. You and nine friends, I hope you have that many, uh, you and nine friends are going to join us on Saturday, August 26th, this Saturday, in a suite at the BC Lions game. We're going to get, get this, shirts, hats, we're getting foam fingers, everybody. Foam fingers. Are we for real? We're going to look like tourists in New York in Times Square. <laughs> Are we actually getting foam fingers? Though? That's what it says. Hot oh, dogs, sweet. popcorn, they and snacks. They say go team on them. I don't know why popcorn is not classified as a snack, but nevertheless, popcorn, hot dogs, and snacks, foam fingers, shirts, hats. Hilarity will ensue. Popcorn can be a meal. Okay. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> Jeff from Burnaby, congratulations. Congrats, we Thanks, had Jeff. we had hundreds of entries, so there hopefully were. there's not another Jeff from Burnaby. It's like 101, entered, but thinks you, that class well, of hundreds. hundreds. No, no, there hundreds. was hundreds. There, was there hundreds. were hundreds. Uh, Laddie, you out of what we learned. Yeah. Uh, are you guys big robot ump people? Do you want the MLB? Did you call it a robot? A robot. Nice. A robot. I am a robot. Yeah. Are you big umpires turning to robots? Um, yes. Are you, yes. That? Are you yes. more traditional? I, I I think I'm now on the side of everything should be autom- like automated. So I only yeah. want the robot umps if they make mistakes. Uh, just like occasionally, there's malfunction. Yeah, but like I wanted- the robots having a bad <laughs> day. Well, there or basically like was a malfunction yesterday. I, I noticed in the one of the games in MLB and. Uh, just listen to the call because yeah. everyone on the field knew this was a strike, except for the umpire apparently. Oh my God! What are we doing? Everyone's. <laughs> what are we do, Junior Valentine? Hello. I mean, Philippa's taken off. This thing's right down the middle. I know McGuire maybe he's looking for it up and kind of doesn't hold it, but Bader was walking to his dugout. He literally was like this is most down the middle pitch I think you could ever see, and they called it a ball. And it's just plays like that make you really wish for the challenge system that we're seeing. Well, I'm watching. Leagues. I'm watching it right now. Yeah, it is a right in the middle of the <laughs> of the square. I understand we're an audio yeah. medium, but this was just picture it literally down the middle. The batter starts walking to the dugout. No, the catcher gets up. You know what happened though? The catcher was calling for it high. That's what they said on the clip there, yeah. Yeah, they was calling for it high, and then it came a little lower. So the catcher did have to, like there was an adjustment by the catcher where he had to move his glove like a foot down. But he was almost set up high out of the strike zone. So it came to, he missed the pitch. The pitcher missed the Mm -hmm. pitch as far as the target was concerned. But it was still like right down the middle. And the the, the batter takes four or five steps to the dugout. The catcher's yeah. leaving. The pitcher's walking off the mound, and there's no strike call. Everyone's just yeah. The batter's like, "Oh, he got me." 
Um, Buckled my knees. And there's nope. no call. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's actually kind of amazing to watch. If we're going to go to robot umpires, which I am in favor for, um, I want them to have an actual robot on the field. That we get angry bah, at? And... Bah, yeah, and they can make them different shapes. They can have a fat robot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, we got the fat one today. Yeah, this, totally. This, this, this the robot sweating on a hot day. <laughs> yeah, this robot has a mustache. Like, you need these things. Totally. And then the manager has to make the decision whether he wants to argue with a cyborg or not. Mm. That is going to add an element to baseball that we need. You can't just have an eye in the sky, right? I will. It'll be a sad day in baseball when the manager can't come out of his dugout and yell at somebody. Yeah. And even if it's in a Kick some dirt on the robot and then right. it starts to short circuit. Yeah. <laughs> Please, Please do, do not, do not do, do that, sir. <laughs> There'll be no more game, children. <laughs> Start sparking. All right. Let's what was go. the name of the robot Jet- the Jetsons had the maid? What was her name? Uh, Rosie. Was right. It? it was Rosie. Was yeah, it? yeah, right. Okay. I, I, th- I thought that was it. Yeah, yeah. That's what we need. Okay. Uh, by the way, I learned today diligent research by going on the internet and looking. I did not realize that. Uh, Boston University's hockey team is going to be like a must watch for local hockey fans or must follow at least. I think you can, I think their games are pretty readily available now with, with the streamings and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, why? Okay. So they've got Tom Willander, yeah. obviously, mm-hmm. uh, it, both Celebrinis, mm-hmm. right? So if you want one, you got to follow the other. Uh, I did not realize that they had Tony Amante's kid who plays in the BCHL and, uh, Jeff Gorton's kid oh, really? also plays in the I, BCHL. I believe Amante had two kids. Yeah, I did not. Ew, what a crazy team! They also have a not that he's any connection. Name local, Dante, but... Dante Amante. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm cutting your mic. That's it. Can we, we go into the Dunbar Lumber text line? Can we just I move Cal Dot? Dante Amante, what the fuck? <laughs> Come what on. Was, what was it, Julia Gulia? That's that one, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah. Is that from The Wedding Singer? It is. I think so, yeah. You want to be Julia, Julia Gulia? Gulia? Do we have any reads for this that you got to do, or no, are you just going to sit there and cry? It's okay. probably because of the Dante Amante style It's Ty and Tristan, right. those two kids, by the way. Okay. Not Dante. Basketball Phil, what we learned, Nanaimo has produced the world champion in the hammer throw at this year's World Track and Field Championships. Ethan Katzberg, at 21 years old, he is the youngest person to ever win this event mm-hmm. okay, okay okay so canada um remember that time when we were a uh, a tennis nation i do okay well that's gone that's gone uh remember that time when we were a uh a, a, a soccer nation that's coming gone that, that that's gone um uh we're now a hammer throw nation he... like we are the best at the hammer throw i don't and know ethan katzberg looks like a young david crosby <laughs> have you seen pictures of him i have i hope he takes better care of his body than david crosby did Doesn't look like he is uh <laughs> he, he like he, he honestly don't you think a young david crosby it's the hair it's the mustache yeah. he's huge mm-hmm. there's one significant difference um i would also like to add i don't know how competitive the world of hammer throw is but <laughs> ethan katzberg is the best best at it and he only started doing it seven years ago so in seven years, he went from not doing the thing to now being the best in the world at it. It looks like the most dangerous sport in the world. Yes. And frankly, I would not even want to be in the stadium when the hammer throw was going. I know there's netting. Yeah. Because like if you hook it. I don't think there's any hooking in hammer. I think if it, that's what the netting pull, is there for. No, I know. Yeah. But can you throw it over the netting? I don't think so. I think you, that's part of the challenge is you have to hit that gap between the two nets. Right. 
I mean, no disrespect to the athletic prowess of Ethan Katzberg, Nanaimo's very own, who is very good at this. But yeah, he, he looks like a guy doing the hammer throw in the seventies. He's amazing. Like it is awesome. I haven't paid much attention to the hammer. We need to th- get I, him on the show. Yes. Ethan Katzberg, do it. Dog, that is your number, number one, one priority. Yeah, number one chase. Ethan Katzberg. Where is he from? Nanaimo. Nanaimo. Okay. He's probably maybe one of our listeners knows him. Probably knows Faber. <laughs> they probably went to high school together. Although Faber seems like he's much older. Yeah, basketball Phil. I mean, he knows Nanaimo has produced the world champion in the hammer throw. And the only other things Nanaimo has produced is crime. Well, and, and bars. Faber. Nanaimo bars. Hello. Nanaimo. A wonderful treat. They're mm. also world famous. Also, the drinking establishments. That's true. They have lots of bars in Nanaimo. Unsi- unsigned, what we learned. Uh, Jamie Dodd. Actually, it's from Dash. Come on, man. Jamie Dodd is a good room guy and he brings structure. Yeah. Yeah, unlike Alfred. He's very structured. Like, he doesn't, I don't even worry when I have to do a week of shows with Dodd because I know, like, we carpool together and I know he's going to be outside. You carpooled with him? Yeah, he lives like three houses away they from They bonded. I've never carpooled we, with Jason. We, sometimes our parents let us out and play in the neighborhood together. I never get it's to do that. It's a lot of fun. I, no. it's, I'm in a weird spot with this because I can't really, like, attack Jamie. He's a good guy. Apparently, he's quote unquote professional. He's awesome. Um, and so I can't do that. And mm-hmm. that wouldn't be very funny. And I guess I can be self-deprecating here, but uh, you guys have heard that bit before. Like, Oh, Halford and Bruff are making fun of themselves again. So I don't even know where to go with this. Well, what direction try, do try, I go in? Try to be more like I Dodd. I could try to be more like Dodd. Yeah, yeah. He's professional. <laughs> yeah. He has good hygiene. He showered every morning before the show. <laughs> he does his reads when he's supposed to. That's why yeah. he doesn't carpool with you. And doesn't make, you know, mistakes and then lie about them later in the show. I did say I was trying to change that. Yeah. And he's very impressionable. Now he's lying no, because he's of lying. you. Yeah. He's just making stuff up for what we learned. I like, I'm glad I'm having an impact. I make it up. Connor okay. McDavid did play in that game. Cole we'll just, we'll from Calgary. Just, oh, you actually got one. Yeah. Good. Me and Jamie. Dodd had like 10. Uh, Cole from Calgary. Hashtag WWL, what we learned. Andre Kuzmenko may not be the lock. We assume he will be. Though he isn't a rookie, it's common for sophomore players to experience regression from their first year performance, especially considering his struggles under Tockett. He may be a dark horse to fall off. I don't even think he's a dark horse, Cole from Calgary. I would, I'm would. i not expecting another 39-goal campaign from Kuzmenko. I'll just I'll throw that I'll out there. I'll be curious to see uh, how his relationship with Tockett progresses. I just think, I mean, he, sh- he shot it at what? Over 20%, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, there's got to be a bit of a Well, a lot of those were like tap-ins, right? Right. Because if you play with Petey, and you go to the right right areas of the ice, which he's willing to go to. Sometimes you get those tap-ins. Um, sure seems, based on everything I've seen on social media, that he's working out a lot in well, various exotic locales. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, too. He better not show up to camp out of shape. Nobody better show up to camp. This is not the year to show up out of shape. Out of shape. Last year was. Um, Yerky. <laughs> yeah. You would have been applauded. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you got a summer. <laughs> How you much are, she gained? Uh, Sweet. It's pretty awesome. Yerky in Ottawa. What I'm we sure learned. we'll work it off. What we learned, the white that's what camp's for. What we learned. The white caps can occasionally do their best impression of a classic Canucks team and get goalied in a sport where that rarely happens. Um, was the San Jose keeper? Very good last night. Good. Very yeah. good. Yeah. His best save was around the 60th minute when his team was up 1 0. Mm-hmm. And Cordova took a shot from the top of the 18 and had a huge deflection. And I'm like, oh, that's going in because we had the guy going the totally the wrong way. But he bounced back and made a good save with his right hand. It was, uh, it was a frustrate. It was one of the most frustrating games 
I could tell from our section, like there was a lot of angst in and around the people yeah. that were there. But on the pitch, uh, Vanny got – he gets a lot of cards, granted. He's very demonstrative. Vanny got one. Yeah, yeah Vanny yeah. got one. Ryan Gauld got one. In response to the time-wasting from San Jose, mm-hmm. it was pretty egregious yesterday. How much out uh, uh, of time was Not that? Not enough. It was only six minutes. Really? Have you been following the Premier League games? No, well, I followed the Women's World Cup. and like, That had 14. Yeah, yeah. For the sec- yeah, and uh, – England did nothing with it. <laughs> just watched. They're like, okay, speed it up. Uh, <laughs> the, the Premier League is out of control right now. So they've implemented a bunch of new rules. It's kind of reminiscent of when the NHL had the crackdown on hooking and totally. holding. And everyone totally. was like, this is ridiculous. But hopefully it has a long-term effect. Like, I know there's still some hooking and holding that goes uncalled in the NHL. But nothing compared to what it was before the lockout. Right. So there's, there's the added-on time for time-wasting and goal celebrations and everything. There's also, like, yellow cards coming out of the book like crazy. So if you get fouled... And you complain to the referee that the guy that fouled you should get a yellow card. Yeah. You get a yellow card. Mm-hmm. Right. So I saw, I can't remember who it was on the weekend. He got fouled and he did the kind of gesture like with his hand. I'm doing this on camera right now. Right. You yeah. can see it. And he was like, yellow card. And the referee was like, yes. For you. For you. Right. And he was very confused because I think the player in question thought that the guy that fouled him was getting it. Mm-hmm. But he got the yellow card. I always do that in the crowd when I'm watching soccer. I hold up my arm. They can book you for that. They can now. book me for yeah, that? Yeah, as a casual fan. They'll be like, nope, please don't do that. Uh, Adam, the former bath guy, what we learned, I learned that Kent Perkins just took another holding penalty. Yeah, the Lions offensive line uh, yesterday in Saskatchewan wasn't great. Uh, penalties, um, pass protection, breakdowns. Vernon Adams was, he played really well. Like, you know, he wasn't the reason the Lions lost in Saskatchewan. Uh, the defense wasn't um, as good as it normally was. We've got a very high standard now for the Lions defense because it is incredible, and they weren't they weren't fantastic. The Rough Riders deserved to win that game. They came out looking more ready and more prepared than the Lions. The Lions did have uh, – I guess you could call it an impressive comeback. They yep. made it interesting, but at the end of the day, they probably didn't deserve to win that game. And now they're playing catch-up to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because the Bombers improved to 8-2 and two and the Lions fell to 7-3. and three. And it's really the race for first in the West that I'm most interested in right now. Vernon Adams had 455 passing yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. Generally speaking, if you have those kind of numbers, although he had the bad fumble at the start of the game, uh, I did notice that it's – so let me get – I want to get this straight – Saskatchewan's head coaches, Craig Dickinson, not to be confused with Dave Dickinson, the former right. uh, Lions quarterback. Uh, he w- he was super uh, gushing and over the top in his praise for Vernon Adams. And I was like, oh, that's nice, the uh, opposing head coach. Then I realized that he does it with everyone. Because mm-hmm. he said the catch that his wide receiver made was maybe the greatest catch he's ever seen. So I was like, okay, Dickinson, calm down. All right, everything was fine. Can I do a white, uh, what we learned yes, from please. Table Saw James pointing out the fact I forgot this: the cheese roll chasing girl that yeah. won was also from Nanaimo. That's right. He says, oh. "Do they do normal sports in Nanaimo, <laughs> <laughs> or is it just these crazy <laughs> hammer toss, like hammer bathtub throw. race? Sorry, hammer, hammer toss throw. is something else. Yeah. It's just all they do in Nanaimo: these wild and wacky sports. Uh, I had uh, friends growing up; they were brothers, and they they kayaked growing up, which mm-hmm. is like it's not a niche sport but not, i mean it's yeah yeah anyway uh they said that they always were thankful for their other brother because uh he was into fencing he was a fencer yeah did they have a strong program in nanaimo no fencing? it wasn't they're not from nanaimo oh i see yeah, okay no but they were they were just saying in terms of the niche sports they're like you know 
he really took the mantle off and t- took the pressure off us to explain our sport because he was into fencing. How do you Basically, think he got into fencing? Uh, it was a, I believe it was a one of those camps at Simon Fraser University, right. like an all sports camp. I went to one too. I took a fencing class as a kid. I remember. <laughs> I did. I did. I expected that sentence as an adult. Oh no, yeah, my but, parents yeah. were like, "You should try this." And I'm like, oh, fine." And I tried it for w- one day, and I was like, "This is." Really you got stabbed. Stupid. You didn't like it. Yeah, this is yeah, really yeah, stupid. Yeah. First of all, I'm getting sword my, play. Yeah. Getting I thought it was going to be a different kind of sword play. Yeah. yeah. No, did, I, did the sword play was like that. Was that? Was that? Was it fun for you, or were you no. scared? I was uh, terrified and getting my butt whooped, and it wasn't fun at all. Right. And you, you, ha- and there's also rules. Like you can't just like go ham on the guy. You got to <laughs> like. There's like actual rules you got to follow. Were you like kicking him and stuff? Well, or what were you you know, doing? I was fighting for my life. You can't, swing it like a, you can't swing it like a baseball bat. Go for the knees. Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently you can't throw it like a javelin either. How many? Points- imagine if you found out like you 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 know how you uh, try out sports with your kids, right? You're like, okay, well maybe he or she will like this yep. and that. Maybe imagine if you go through like all the sports like hockey, soccer, baseball, basketball, and then the one that he or she has got like a real talent for is like fencing and you're like oh well i mean nothing wrong with fencing Mm. can you make a living at it yeah i'm sure if you get good at it is it in the olympics yes it is still yeah they haven't removed it yet it is i mean that's where i mean i don't want to anger i don't want to anger the fencing community but just did it would just it would just change the three guys texting irately right now yeah yeah, very polite they're like on guard (laughs) yeah Yeah. very polite (laughs) anger (laughs) excuse me sir i challenge you to a duel i'll come yeah (laughs) Now I'm going to be a fight to the death. <laughs> or at the very least, poked several times uncomfortably. In a chest protector. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see you were unprepared for this, sir. <laughs> and now I lunge. Perry. <laughs> All that big fencing money I thought we were going to get. Music, music in the background. martial arts. My parents put me in fencing. Someone wants to know. Uh, question into the Dunbar Lumber text line. Was Ethan Katzberg the guy who ate his lunch by himself in Superbad? No, that was Steven Glansberg. Right. Ethan Katzberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, How do you recall that so quickly? Because a there's real a, guy. It's a real yeah, guy. There's an article yeah. written about oh, him. Really? He's like, yeah, it yeah. has not made my life better. Mm. I will tell you that. That just makes me sad to hear. Because uh, uh, okay, so they really quick. They both guys were from Vancouver, obviously. Mm-hmm. They uh, went to Point Grey, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And that was a classmate of like they just used a lot of common references, right? And mm-hmm. that was one of them, Stephen Glansberg. Eating my lunch over here by myself, Stephen Glansberg. Uh, Mano vacationing in Dawson Creek, what we learned. I'm 51, and I can barely visualize an old David Crosby reference, let alone a young David Crosby. Hashtag timely reference. That's that's. Uh, you no. go look at Ethan Katzberg, yep. and I, you'll be like, oh, yeah, David Crosby. Even if you only know David Crosby from his appearances in The Simpsons, he looks like that, too. Take it one step at a time and just know that I love you. Thank you, David. Okay, that's a good way to end the show. Uh, it's been fun being back. I guess we got to do this tomorrow. And the day after that. And the day oh, after that. days after that. Yeah. All right. But, hey, you know what? Monday's over with. It's over with for you, too. Well, not really. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. we got to go. Signing off. I have been Mike Halford. He has been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog, and he's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.